Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy nation and stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. May this service be presented into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. The book of Matthew 5.45 and 48 That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called Called to Perfection. We know that this commandment is the inheritance of saints of all times and the commandment is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person who is sent by God have never had any part to the inheritance that is contained in this commandment and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to as it relates to fulfilling this commanding order to be vigilant over the word of God within your heart as God is vigilant over it over his spoken word within the temple of our body we stop to study the following question what specific goals does the righteousness of God pursue that we are collaborating with within our heart and in part we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant where we in the death of our Lord Jesus die by the law for the law so that in the new tablets of the covenant symbolizing the resurrection of Christ we can receive justification so that we can live for the one that died for us and resurrected God raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification Romans 4 24 25 and so we receive justification not in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, but in his resurrection, in the teaching of the resurrection from the dead. Therefore, we obtain confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant 
symbolizing the resurrection of Christ so that we can provide God with the proper foundation to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, like how he gave this promise to Abraham or his seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 4.13. And so the covenant of peace in the heart of a warrior in prayer is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God that is spoken by his messengers. I will remind us that God's faith is information that comes from listening to the word of God. Faith is from hearing. This is not what we feel. This is what we know. This is information. Sometimes this information is not uh, affecting our feelings, and sometimes sometimes it's affecting our feelings, sometimes it isn't. But we don't need to base it on that. We need to base it on what we know. Those who base everything on what they feel are the most unfortunate people in the church because they are looking at what they feel. If they don't feel the Lord close, they think that God's abandoned them, that they are separated. They're always wanting to feel it. But faith is not in our feelings. It is in it is in information. Faith is from hearing the word of God. And so God's faith is the word of God. It is the general. Our faith is obedience to this word. Absolutely. Feelings are not, uh, are not in dependent on any of this or involved it it can be affect it can affect them and it definitely needs to lead our feelings our our horse we need to make this these feelings a horse of battle of the lord so he can direct it direct it where it needs to go because our feelings don't always understand this they actually don't at, at all understand this because they don't have that ability and so looking just at what you feel is foolish and unwise. Therefore, by what science do we examine ourselves that the peace of God rules within our heart, which identifies us as the sons of God and as the most holy? To examine your heart as to whether the peace of God is governing in it is possible by the ability to be a peacemaker. This characterizes us as the sons of God, as it is written. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5, 9. Six signs by which we need to judge of our belonging to the sons of peace have already been the subjects of our study, and we stop to study the seventh by our ability to clothe our essence into the holy or the selective love of God. To clothe means to confess the faith of the heart, and we clothe ourselves into this faith, the faith of the heart. It has God's love because... God has given us His love and it's been poured out by the, in the preached word. This information, which is called God's faith, we are being clothed into it. And it identifies God's love. God's faith identifies God's love, agape. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3, 14, 15. When it says rule in your heart, that means it depends on us whether the peace of God will rule or not. God's peace 
is God's faith is information that we receive. If we allow that the faith of God rule in our heart and not our feelings, then the peace of God will rule within our heart. In Scripture, the holy or selective love of God, agape, is presented in Scripture by the Holy Spirit in the light of seven unchanging virtues or components by the preached word of the apostles and prophets that in essence are the unchanging virtues of the qualities of God and they reflect for us the heart of our Heavenly Father. These seven components, these seven qualities, these are our heaven, the heart of our Heavenly Father and we're called to have the same heart, to be perfect in the same way. The perfection of the Heavenly Father is in the state of His heart. And the kind of, the state of the heart of our Heavenly Father, or the state of the heart of, that we have, is the kind of words we will speak just as the state of the Heavenly Father. His words reflect what is in His heart. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Here we're talking about this needing to become the consistency of our heart. Second Peter 1, 2 through 8. In a specific format of the seven given characteristics of virtue that united identify the goodness of God within our heart, we've already, they together identify God's goodness. These We've already studied five of those characteristics and have been studying the sixth. This is the calling to demonstrate the unearthly power of brotherly love that comes from godliness. Having this great and noble component in demonstrating brotherly love in our faith moves us from the state of eternal death into the state of eternal life. We know, Apostle Paul writes, we don't feel, we don't guess, we know, and this knowledge comes because of the information of the preached word. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 1 John 3, 14, 15. Hatred is also information. God's love is information. A person receives negative information about his brother and it's because of jealousy or the jealousy of others <coughs> and begins to treat his neighbor <coughs> wrongfully because to love your brother is to fulfill God's commandments that say how you need to treat him. God's love or love for God is also not emotional. Jesus said, if you love me, he said, told the disciples, then fulfill my commandments. Loving your neighbor is fulfilling God's commandments. Also, feelings may, may agree and may not agree, but you need to not base anything on what they do. I don't and you don't. I communicate with, with people not looking at what I feel, but looking at the commandment that is given to, him, to me. And when I do this, my feelings follow they begin to help me. If I look at my feelings, then I will selectively be uh, communicating. One will be uh, attractive to me, one will n I won't be. And so to fulfill God's commandments, there shouldn't be any uh, sympathy or uh, 
dislike, uh, like or a dislike toward a brother uh, or a sister. You need to treat each as your neighbor in accordance to the command. Relevant to this as with the previous components of the virtue of God and his unique first goodness, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith in the seven characteristics of virtue, it is necessary for us to answer four classical questions. What do the scriptures say about the, about the power of brotherly love, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? What purpose is the power of brotherly love called to fulfill, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? What conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can receive the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith in a specific format? We already looked at the first three questions and have been studying the fourth by what signs do we examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith? We have already studied the first five signs by which we can judge that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith and stop to study the sixth sign. <clears throat> and this is by our ability to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The book of, of Apostle Paul Philippians 4, 5 through 7, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord, And so let your light so shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. That, that is what this means. This is what this means. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Gentleness will make itself known in good works, but not what we call as good works, but what God calls good works. God calls good works to hate the wicked and the lawless and to love your neighbor. That is what good works are. But when we, by our own initiative, say we love everyone, God calls this evil. He will destroy people with with a tolerant mentality because God does not have a tolerant love. He loves those who love him and he hates those who hate him. And so, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. <clears throat> and so let your light so shine be sh- shine before men the good works that God calls good be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus Philippians 4 5 through 7 when we possess a gentle heart or a meek heart, our tongue will also be gentle. And so, gentleness is the discipline of our tongue. And so, when our tongue is disciplined, <clears throat> we are able to, with thanksgiving, let our requests be na- be made known to God, because the requests we make known are God's goals and God's will when it comes to us. And It consists of the fact that God intends to fulfill all of His promises in us upon the condition that we have accepted these promises in the form of seeds and have grown them into fruit. And so then God will fulfill these promises for us. Which is why we need to, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known because God has already placed on the account of every one of us the fulfillment of these promises upon the condition that they are in our heart. And in this way, we can then place our mind into Jesus Christ in our heart so that they be kept from negative thoughts and the 
horrors that have come upon the world. We note that in the given place of Scripture, the character of the fruit of the Spirit and the quality of gentleness by the means of which we are called to discipline our tongue by the truth that is concealed within our heart is contrary to the character of the work of the flesh that reveals itself in disobedience to the truth or not believing of the truth. Our faith can obey God's faith as well as obey any other information because faith is information and this information can come from our flesh and we can be obedient to information that comes from our flesh, from our carnal mind or the carnal mind of teachers that we have selected for ourselves or from the internet. The expanses of the internet, there are lo- there's lots of information and it's dangerous for the saints to be wandering to see what's uh, happening there's there's a poison flowing in mass amounts of poison that is being that is flowing on the internet we need to focus on what god is saying the ability of a gentle or meek person to not be anxious about anything when it comes to his well-being on earth is contrary to the anxieties of a man who is not able to discipline the desires of his flesh as it is written a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit, Proverbs 15.4. And so, an undisciplined tongue means he does not have a gentle heart. His heart is not disciplined. It is hard. And so, his tongue is also undisciplined. It's unrestrained. And it breaks our spirit. It breaks our spirit, a an undisciplined, unrestrained tongue. First, anxiety leading to the breaking of the born-from-God spirit of man our bonds where a person is bound with various forms of phobias of non-existent fear because he has not grown the fruit of righteousness in his heart in gentleness with which he is called to discipline his mouth by which he can judge that he demonstrates the power of brotherly love in his faith and so if he doesn't have this then there is no brotherly love he is just being partial and he is hypocritical. He loves one and helps one and does not uh, help the other. And so the one he shouldn't be helping, he's helping, and the one he should be helping, he doesn't help. Second, anxiety that a person is bound by as a result of his ignorance, which is identical to something occult that is contrary to the liberty of Christ, called to deliver us from the slavery of sin to make us servants of righteousness, capable of disciplining our mouth by the truth that is concealed within our heart. We know that as it is, freedom in general doesn't exist. It's non-existing. God also doesn't have that. He is a servant of His Word. As soon as He spoke His words, He is a servant of those words. He is not free of His Word. A person is created with the right to choose the the type of servitude he wants, either sin or righteousness. He, He chooses one or the other. And that's the freedom he has to choose the one or the other. Either choose a favorable form of serv- uh, of servitude, as being a servant of his word, as God is a servant of his own word. Third, such anxiety indicates bad soil in the human heart, which he refuses to clean from dead works, so he can receive and grow within 
the good soil of his heart the fruit of gentleness in the form of the tree of life. I've said this many times, and I say this sorrowfully, that saints, almost in all churches, don't understand that they're supposed to grow their own tree of life. And a tree of life is a gentle or meek tongue, which is the result of their gentle heart. They think that truly there is a paradise that God is leading them where there's a physical tree of life that bears fruit 12 times a year. They don't understand that they need to be this tree of life themselves and that these fruits are, first of all, for God and the leaves of these trees is for healing. This talks about the fact that all all of this is to happen here on earth because in heaven there's no need to heal anyone. In the new heaven and the new earth there will not be tears, there will not be sorrow, there will not be illnesses. You will not need to bear fruit there because fruit is born here. And when you pass across the river into eternity, then you pass on with the fruit, either fruits of fruits of death for our destruction or fruits of life for our justification and entering the kingdom of heaven. This can be clearly seen when you compare the meaning that is contained in these two words, which are contrary to one another, they're contrary in character and origin. And so when we're talking about preoccupation or cares when demonstrated in anxiety is disobedience, unbelief, or disobeying of the faith of God. <clears throat> this is an undisciplined tongue by the bonds of gentleness, something occult, a hard heart, a net of the evil one that a person himself catches himself into. You've caught yourself with the words of your mouth. When you catch yourself in, into the nets of the evil one, the nets of death, we ourselves become this net of the evil one. When you catch yourself into nets of the kingdom of heaven, you become a net for, of the kingdom of heaven for others as well. Gentleness that reveals itself in a disciplined tongue is a tree of light that is grown in the soil of a good heart that until this time has already been cleansed from dead works by the blood of Christ the soil of our heart, we need to know how to learn, or we need to learn how we need to cleanse our, the soil of our heart. We need to receive the truth information of how using the blood of Christ you can cleanse your conscience from dead works. How is it cleansed from dead works? What are these dead works? This is dependence on our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires. When we refuse and we say, Lord, I die for my nation, the house of my father, and for my destructive desires, I thank you that I ha can count myself dead to sin, living for you. Don't look, don't look at what you're feeling. And I thank you that I have within my body the stronghold of incorruption, although you don't see it yet. You may not see it, but the scriptures say, count yourself this way. Proclaim the not existent as existent. And when you do this, then the Lord takes these words and clothes us into those words. And in time, in time, in the time that the Lord decides, not when we decide, but He decides, this will happen and it will become an, happen in a blink of an eye. Our bodies will become uh, incorrupt. 
and we will still be here for some time and the Lord will show then the difference between those who serve him and those who don't. And so gentleness is a tree of life that is grown in the soil of our good heart, the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, wisdom, strength, firmness, and a power of the Spirit, the born from God's Spirit, trust upon God in mercy and compassion, that we show our neighbor the nets of the kingdom of heaven that we have caught ourselves into. Anxiety is an expression of rebellion that is demonstrated in disobedience to the order contained in the body of Christ, which members a person to the category of lawless men, who resist the truth of the preached word and try to clothe the works of the flesh into garments of an outward appearance of godliness. At the same time, the gentleness of the heart, which makes itself known in a gentle or meek mouth, is an identification of the fruit of the Spirit, testifying of the presence of the grown tree of life within the spirit of a person. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the Spirit. Proverbs 15.4, a component of the fruit of the Spirit, the quality of gentleness with which a person disciplines his mouth, with the truth that is concealed within his heart, is testimony that he is clothed into the mantle of a student of Christ, which gives him the ability to learn from Christ, to resist the words that are that come from his personal flesh, for the benefit of opening his mouth to confess the truth that is in the heart. <coughs> in the body of a person, <coughs> there are two <coughs> unseen people or individuals. There's a new person and an old person. Each one contains a program. There's the program of life and a program of death. And depending on the program we collaborate with, uh, when a person repents, he doesn't yet know. He doesn't yet know how to differentiate the good uh, from the bad or the evil from the, and the good. He will collaborate with uh, both programs, as it were. But when he learns gentleness, this is God's faith. This is information, the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ that we receive into our heart. When he learns and he p- places into his heart the elementary teaching of Christ then it will discipline him. He will begin to say what not not what he feels or what others say, but what he himself has written into his heart, and that is grounded upon Scripture, and he will then discipline his tongue. He won't say the things that he feels, but he will say the things that are in his heart, because feelings always will say, you can't do this. You won't have the strength. You can't. <clears throat> and a person gets to confess before God then, Lord, I can't help me. But the Lord says, I can't help you because I already gave you my might. I gave you my word. I already helped you. You put that into your heart and aren't using it. You don't confess the word, my word, that you've put into your heart. You confess what your feelings are saying, your lusts are saying, your carnal desires. You clothe them into religious garments <clears throat> and then you say, Lord, help me. But I already helped you. I already gave you my word. Why is it that you have not accepted that? <clears throat> my word abides forever. <clears throat> it has such might that there's no weapon in the world that would be able to resist it at all. Even resist it in any way. 
this word brought forth the world, the visible and invisible world. It has built it and it will destroy it because the world, as the unclean and lawless, has refused the truth <clears throat> and the world follows these people who do not know God. There are small groups of people, the small flock, to them belongs the kingdom and to rule on the earth for a thousand years and then the world and all of the deeds upon it will be destroyed, will be burned. Jesus said, come to me you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. The yoke that is light and that Jesus carries is the will of God. This is the word of God that he, with, with, with which he disciplines himself. He learned from his heavenly father how to discipline himself with, with the words of his heavenly father. He sees how the father disciplines himself with his words and he behaves within the boundaries of that spoken word. The son learned from his father to discipline himself with the word that comes out of the mouth of the father and he says learn from me as I have learned from my father discipline yourself with the word that you hear that satisfies the truth the sober truth this is the yoke the word that you receive it is not heavy it is good it is light it heals it delivers it is not heavy and it is, again, not heavy, but light. And so when you accept it, it delivers you from the slavery of sin. That weight, uh, the Jews, they bore, uh, they built these pyramids. They, they carried this weight. And they, the Lord, the blood of Christ, then delivered them from this, brought them out, delivered them from the baskets. And he took them out already healed and, and freed. Uh, and God promises this. In his word, you received the healing in your heart in the form of the word of God. You've accepted, uh, uh, that fact that God will provide for you to examine yourself on the presence of a gentle heart, which makes itself known in a gentle mouth, disciplined by our trust in God and upon his word and waiting for the coming salvation of our soul and our body. We turn to the phrase by which we need to differentiate gentleness from non-discipline. And, wis and wisdom from foolishness. This is by our ability to make our requests known to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving upon the condition that the essence of this request is disciplined by the bridle of gentleness, which demonstrates itself in the desires of God identified as the will of God. Why do we open up our requests with thanksgiving? Why do we open up these requests that are already placed upon our account. Why do I need to ask of God for the things that are already upon my account? Because I'm sovereign. God wants that I help him, give him the proper basis foundation so that he could take it and give it to me. It's a mutual collaboration to be able to take from your account those promises that God have, has placed uh, for us and our, upon our account. We need to tell God about this. We need to say it to God. We, we need to demonstrate our agreement. 
we need to ask with thanksgiving, we need to thank him that I, we already have it. And this thanksgiving then takes from this account. Thanksgiving is the check that you're writing out uh, so that you could take it from, from the account, the amount that you need for, for the day. And so this is a format of such praise where we are obeying our faith to the faith of God, count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the non-existent stronghold of incorruption in our physical body as existent. It is specifically by the presence of a thankful heart that with thanksgiving opens its desire and prayer to fulfill the will of God is how we determine that we have in ourselves the existence of the fruit of gentleness. Because we can draw the favor of God upon ourselves only in the instant that we present our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which gives God the proper basis to show and confirm for us His salvation. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. To whom will the Lord show His salvation? The one that offers praise to Him, and this offering of praise, it honors God. <clears throat> and bringing forth this praise, he then watches his way, which is actually the way of God, upon which God walks. He watches the truth in his heart, whether his thoughts, his words, and actions correspond to the truth that is in the heart. <clears throat> Psalm fifty twenty three. When it comes to God showing us his favor in his salvation as a response to the offered by a sacrifice of praise means to become for us the guarantor of the salvation of our soul and our body. Therefore, it was necessary for us to remember the criteria that identified the essence and status of a legitimate praise in scripture called to be a sign of brotherly love, the purpose that a fitting form of praise is called to fulfill in demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith the conditions that elevate our praise to a status of legitimacy by which we can judge that we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith. We already looked at the first three questions and have been studying the fourth. By what signs do we judge that we praise or that the praise that we bring to God is, is present in the atmosphere of brotherly love which passes us from death to life? In a specific format, we already looked at three signs by which we can identify the essence of a fitting form of praise that is called to be present within the atmosphere of brotherly love and stop to study the fourth sign, which is called to be examined by our praise that will be within the boundaries of, a, of the sacral word hallelujah, with, that with itself identifies what a fitting form of praise to God really is or actually is. Because some think that praise to God is just saying, thank you, Lord, I glorify you, but that's not the case. There, where the word hallelujah is present in the beginning or the end, either of a, a, of a information or statement, this information will identify the formula of hallelujah, of what praise to God is or how it's to be. Psalm 112, 1 through 10. Hallelujah, that is how this place begins. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. And so it turns out that the fear of the Lord and love for his commandments are praise. God sees this, accepts this as a form of praise. His descendants will be mighty on earth. 
his word will be mighty is what this means because word is descendants this is the seed this is not talking about our our physical seed this is talking or descendants this is the word of god his word will be mighty on earth the generation of the upright will be blessed wealth and riches will be in his house this is talking about wealth of the word of god and his righteousness endures forever because if it's talking about wealth of the world then it cannot be righteous it's not righteous so that it endures forever unto the upright there arises light and darkness he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous a good man deals graciously and lends he will guide his affairs with discretion surely he will never be shaken the righteous will be a everlasting remembrance he will not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is, is steadfast trusting in the lord his heart is established he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies he has dispersed abroad he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever his horn will be exalted with honor the wicked will see it and be grieved he will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. And so the wicked are people that are in churches. These are not people of the world. These absolutely are not people of the world. For the people of the world, true Christians are a light and they actually favor them always. The world favors and actually reveres, but the world hates religious leaders and people who follow these religious religious uh, leaders the word hallelujah is a formula of israel praising and thanking yahweh while practicing their service to god this word just like the word amen has been adopted by every other language without being translated specifically by the presence of this formula either at the beginning or the end of a specific place of scripture we can identify the essence of the fitting form of praise that exists in the said place of scripture how are we to praise god what words are we to use what does god call praise in the given situation the word hallelujah that begins this place of scripture consists of 10 components which identify the essence of a fitting form of praise to god that come from our righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love that moves us from eternal death to eternal life first praise coming from a righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to make itself known in the fear of the Lord together with a great delight for the commandments of God. To love God's commandments is to fulfill them. And so having God's fear, you confess, you confess the faith of your heart and you follow His commandments. That is what praise to God here is. Confessing the truth that's in your heart and fulfilling God's commandments in God's descendants being mighty on earth in whom the upright nation will be blessed in wealth and riches in the house of the righteous where his righteousness will endure forever in the light that will arise in the darkness demonstrating the fact that this person is gracious full of compassion and righteous in the goodness of the righteous person consisting in him being gracious and lending and that he will guide his guide his affairs with discretion in the fact that the righteous will never be shaken and his name will be an everlasting remembrance in the fact that the righteous will not be afraid of evil rumors or tidings and his heart is steadfast trusting in the lord to show that the heart of the righteous is established and 
and he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies when the righteous has dispersed abroad and has, has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever and his horn will be exalted with honor and tenth praise to God coming from a righteous heart is that the wicked will see it and be grieved that they will gnash their teeth and melt away and the desire of the wicked shall be uh, wicked shall perish and so in a specific format, we already looked at the first component of a fitting form of praise within the boundary of the formula of the word hallelujah, which makes itself known within our praise in the form of the fear of the Lord, together with a strong love for the commandments of God. If we don't fulfill God's commandments and say, Lord, I love you, then this actually prompts God's wrath. Why is it that you take my law in and in your mouth, but you yourself hate, hate instruction? If you love me, keep my commandments. And so keeping my commandments... Uh, when I sing, when I pray, then this brings forth God's favor. Therefore, we will immediately turn to study the second component, which is called to demonstrate itself in a strong descendant upon the earth, or a descendant, the descendants that will be mighty on the earth. And so when we're talking about the descendants of the righteous that will be mighty on the earth are the promises given by God for our body consisting of devouring corruption with incorruption due to which we count ourselves dead to sin and living for God proclaiming the not existent stronghold of incorruption in our body as existent. The form of the righteous does not depend on the male or female gender or your social status or your nationality but as it is written for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus all men and women young children whomever it may be whether you be uh, wealthy whether you be poor what nationality you may be of you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3, 26 through 28. And so in this place of scripture, the word of God calls both the male and female gender sons of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Because the seed is the word, and if our sisters confess these words, then they are fulfilling the, the male function because they are confessing the faith of their heart. And they are the sons of God in Christ Jesus. And if our men are, will accept the word of God, then they are fulfilling the female function in receiving the word. Accepting it into your heart is a female function, and confessing is the male function. And so all of us in Christ Jesus are the sons of God. And so you don't need to become upset, or sisters don't need to be upset about saying, well, this is just for the brothers, why is it not, you know, talking to the sisters? It is also talking to the sisters. God calls the sisters uh, sons here. And sometimes he calls sons and daughters, his all his daughters, like the daughter of Zion. And they're all included there as well, but all are daughter of Zion. Why? Because in, the certain, in a specific situation, calling them a daughter, He's talking about the fact that their heart is able to receive his words. A heart that is not able to receive the words of God, they are not able to be called the son, the daughter of Zion. Therefore, the symbol of our house that will be blessed is the fruit of our spirit, 
that is grown by our tree of life, which identifies the kingdom of God inside of us that has come to power. We conclude that having a strong or having a mighty descendant within our heart in whom our nation is blessed by the confession of our praise within the boundaries of the formula hallelujah identifies the power of brotherly love which passes us from death to life and so our fruit is the fruit of promise uh, that we grown in our grow in our heart and so this mighty descendant this is the fruit praise to God coming from our righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to make itself evident in wealth and riches in the house of the righteous where his righteousness will endure forever and if the symbol of the house of the righteous is our body in the form of the temple of our holy spirit then the symbol of of much wealth or wealth and riches which abides in our house forever is the fruit of righteousness that is grown in our spirit in the form of the tree of life which is our imperishable inheritance in christ jesus and all of the imperishable oath promises of god together the price that needs to be paid for the right to partake in the imperishable inheritance of the oath promises of God consisting of the multitude of imperishable wealth of the Lord is to receive into the good soil of our heart the truth of the word of God and the form of the law of the Lord which is the fear of the Lord which abides forever. The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The stat the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is a great reward. Psalm 19, 7-11 See how many characteristics the Word of God has that is within us. All of this is describing the Word of God, God's law, that is perfect. This is all the Word of God. It's given to us in the form of of a law. It's not just a diluted Word of God. It is the law that is given that has its statute. um, And these are God's revelations. The Word of God that is opened in our heart by the Holy Spirit. It is faithful. And what does it do? It gives wisdom to the simple. Simplicity is the absence of trickery. This is wisdom. Simple doesn't mean naive or one just that does not know. In the original, when it says simple, it's talking about wise. They're simple as doves, as it says making wise the simple in the phrase the simplicity of the Holy Spirit is what it's referring to here praise that comes from their heart which contains a multitude of imperishable wealth consisting in the fear of the Lord is evidence of the fact that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith passing us from eternal death to eternal life fourth praise we're studying here what praise is in the word hallelujah the word hallelujah identifies how are praises to be what is what it consists of praise to god coming from our righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love will demonstrate itself in light that will arise upon our path in the darkness upon which we are called to demonstrate in our faith the power of brotherly love in graciousness and compassion and in righteousness 
But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Proverbs 4.18 We need to keep in mind that the symbol of the shining sun that rises on the, in the darkness, identifying the path of, of the righteous, is our spirit that is born from God, that has grown into full measure of growth in Christ upon the path of righteousness upon which God walks. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. We conclude that the path of only that praise that is the shining sun that rises in the darkness unto the perfect day is able to be called a fitting form of praise by which we can judge that we are demonstrating pow the power of brotherly love in our faith, passing us from death to life. Fifth, Praise to God coming from our righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to make itself known in our goodness, consisting in us being gracious and lending uh, to vessels of mercy and such acts of our righteousness and graciousness will guide our affairs with discretion. We need to keep in mind that we are called to be merciful only to vessels of mercy who are our brothers in Christ and furthermore, they possess the status of our neighbor. The essence of our graciousness which which we are called to show to our neighbor consists in us lending to them, which upon practice means forgive them for harm that they have inflicted upon us. In both the materialistic realm as well as the moral realm, so that we provide God with legitimate grounds upon which he can forgive, forgive our sins that we have committed against him. It's talking about the poor and, and lowly neighbor, not the wealthy the ones that borrow and don't return the debt. If a wealthy brother took uh, borrowed from you and isn't and lives better than you, then he loses the status of a neighbor. You can no longer call them a neighbor. This is a wicked person, or just a, a lawless. They're a lawless person, and the pastor needs to call call this person out and give them and 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 warn them because this is not. Uh, proper a, a person borrows and says well it's written you don't need to uh, come in and demand it back and so when it says he lends that means he forgives when a person is not able to return he's poor you don't give a poor person a hundred thousand dollars fifty thousand a poor person asks uh, money money for food if a person's asking for twenty thousand I'm sorry this person's not poor a poor person will ask for money to purchase clothing and food or cover specific bills. So we, if a person is asking for 20000 and so if they're asking for 20000 they need to give you something that is in, uh, at values higher than that amount uh, that you can hold on to until he returns your money. And so this is what it means uh, that he lends this is the circumstance it's referring to here. Because when a person commits sins against us, if he unintentionally said something against us or uh, affected us negatively, when we forgive him, we lend to him in this way. And to so that he can then return his his what what we have lent to him the money that or the he needs to wash uh, the feet and so demonstrate his love 
ask for forgiveness, saying, I can't, I, I can't give it back, I'm sorry. And so if he has nothing uh, that he can cover his body with and and so if you come and demand this from him and he's not able to give, but if you forgive him, in this way you washing his feet that he has, uh, that have gotten dirty. I just want us to understand what it's referring to specifically when it's saying to lend to provide God legitimate grounds upon which he can then forgive our sins that we have committed against him. When we forgive our neighbor their sins, we in this way allow the Lord, give him the legitimate grounds to forgive our sins. If we come and confess our sins, <clears throat> the scriptures say if we come and confess our sins, uh, we come, repent, we confess our sins. This is one of the parts, one of the requirements. The other part of that is that we need to forgive our neighbors, those who have caused us harm materialistically or morally, and when we forgive them, then the Lord forgives us. That's how we pray. Lord, forgive our debts as I have forgiven, as we have forgiven our debtors. <laughs> he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Proverbs 19.17 and so how will he pay back? He will forgive your sins. <clears throat> and so the meaning of this proverb is well reflected in the words of Christ when he taught his disciples how to pray and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, Matthew 6.12. We conclude that graciousness that we show the vessels of mercy by lending to them, giving. <clears throat> this gives us strength and judgment when we will be in judgment with the unclean and lawless. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Isaiah 54, 17. And so they had sins, but the Lord justified them. And how? Because they forgave their neighbors, <clears throat> the, both the moral, uh, maybe acts that they had committed against you, uh, and possibly maybe materialistic losses. The ability to forgive the debts of our neighbor is testimony that our heart is in perfect peace. As it is written, you will keep him in perfect peace <clears throat> whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. <laughs> to be in perfect peace is to present the greatness of the Sabbath year in your graciousness toward your neighbor. We present the greatness of the Sabbath year. <clears throat> because to forgive, a person can forgive when he's the Sabbath. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. And in this is the, and this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. And he shall not require it of his neighbor or his brother because he has called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner, you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother. Deuteronomy 15:1 through 3. The instruction of the Sabbath year, we conclude that to forgive your neighbor is to be done for the sake of the Lord, who is the Lord also of our neighbor. It is pleasant when one of your children borrows from the other, 
and the other couldn't return it and they for and the one forgave the other it would be pleasant to see this it is the same thing the lord sees this the same way the neighbor that you have lent uh, he is also a child of god he is a child of our heavenly father we conclude that the sabbath year Again, we are supposed to forgive for the sake of the Lord, who is the Lord of our neighbor, as the Sabbath year is the symbol of the body of Christ in the form of the good wife, possessing the status of a narrow gate to which we have an organic membership. The Lord calls the Sabbath his body, his place of rest. Where does he find his rest? Uh, Where's the place of my rest, he says. Here it is. This is the one that I will look upon the one that's humble and lowly in heart and who trembles at my word. And so, of course, this is a person who is a partaker of the good wife. He, the Lord, finds rest in our service and in each one individually. And so a person who has not built his heart into a Sabbath of the Lord is not able to be righteous and the opposite. The format of praise where we have built our heart into the Sabbath of the Lord into the peace of the Lord so, so that he can lay his head there he can come and lay his head there as he had said you don't have place for me you have foxes that have holes and birds that have nests I can't lay my head there but to the other he said follow me why because he can lay his head there all who follow him are those where he can lay his head and he can find his rest in them this is his Sabbath his place of rest And so if we have not built our house into a Sabbath of the Lord, then this means that our prayer, if we have built our heart into a Sabbath of the Lord, this means that our prayer is in accordance to the requirement of a fitting form of praise that uh, makes our heart acceptable and in the atmosphere of brotherly love. Sixth, praise to God coming from our righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love will demonstrate itself in us never being shaken and our name being an everlasting remembrance. We're here studying the legitimate uh, form of praise uh, in the word hallelujah that either begins a place of scripture and identifies then how our praise is to be. The reason why the righteous will not be uh, shaken is because he trusts upon God and upon his word, which he has placed into his heart and has made his possession, his belonging. The reason why we will not be shaken is because we have, again, become the Lord's uh, property. And when it's talking about our everlasting remembrance, the word of God that is in our heart, that abides forever, and that we trust in, and so our name will be in the heart of God then an everlasting remembrance. The name of the righteous will be an everlasting remembrance for who? For the Lord, of course. He who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul Hebrews 10 37 through 39 and so if our praise it expresses our trust upon God and upon his word then this means that in our praise we demonstrate brotherly love passing us from death to life 
And so an eternal, being an everlasting uh, remembrance before God is a prayer of a warrior in prayer that prays and that is prayed and is in accordance to the requirement of the breastplate of judgment that is upon the breastplate of the high priest or upon the chest or breast of the high priest. When it says a good person will be an everlasting remembrance is a person who is able to or has the ability to continuously abide in prayer, which provides God with the legitimate grounds to uh, keep such a person in continual remembrance before himself, be a continual memorial before himself. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place. These 12 stones are the 12 names of God or the teaching of Jesus Christ, the elementary teaching of Christ, the 12 foundations of the New Jerusalem, and the 12 uh, pearly gates that lead into this city. And so he shall... Uh, Aaron and his sons will uh, have the breastplate of judgment over their heart when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually, Exodus 28:29. And so this is a state of our heart. This is not 24 hours standing on our knees. This is having the state of the heart that is not blemished by sin. The right, the right and ability to be a warrior in prayer in the rank of a priest, uh, king, priest, and prophet, building your heart into a breastplate of judgment allows us to become a continual remembrance before the Lord. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. Proverbs 10.7 We conclude that a person who has not built his heart into a breastplate of judgment of a high priest is not able to be a warrior in prayer and is not able to be righteous. If our praise uh, expresses the state of a warrior in prayer, then such a prayer is a prayer, a fitting form of praise by which we can judge that we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith that passes us from eternal death to eternal life. <clears throat> That's how we are able to determine that we love our brothers. Seventh, the uh, praise to God coming from a righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to demonstrate itself in us not being afraid of evil tidings and our heart being steadfast, trusting in the Lord. A good person will not be afraid of evil tidings means that we being instructed in the faith have placed ourselves into Jesus Christ due to which our heart is confident in the Lord and confidently trusts in the Lord. If a person is afraid of evil tidings, then this means he has not allowed the Holy Spirit to place himself into Jesus Christ, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 6, 7. This is a state has made our heart able to be confident in the Lord so that we can uh, overcome the weaknesses of, of, of others, which upon practice means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Due to this, the reproaches of those who reproach God have become reproaches that have fallen upon us. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not be and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification, for even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach reproached you fell on me. Romans 15, 1 through 3, and so when we are pleasing our neighbor, then the reproaches fall upon us. When we 
greet one another and don't uh, condemn one another. We don't condemn one another. We have something. And so if you come out and you, st and you start to condemn one another intentionally, this means that there's something wrong inside. This will not bring forth peace because you have accused him. Maybe someone is guilty, but if you're seeking peace, try to speak to someone to, uh, without uh, condemning them or without <clears throat> accusing them of something. And you'll see, when you don't accuse them, then they will change how they behave toward you. Looking at these words, the reproaches of those reproach God fall upon me happens when we please our neighbor, that is, we take them upon ourselves. They reproach us, but we don't uh, accuse them for, for this act. Why? Because we in this way save them because if we don't take this reproach upon ourselves then they will fall upon God and if they fall upon God then God will be in judgment with this person he'll be in judgment with us also because we were supposed to defend and protect our neighbor not uh, condemn him but protect him <clears throat> we, we are not behaving then as Jesus Christ behaved and so this is the ability to accept the Holy Spirit into our heart as the Lord and Master of our life, which then close our praise into the power of the Holy Spirit, and we allow then the Holy Spirit to pray together with us, uh, together with us, so that we can be covered in Christ, so you may del be delivered from evil. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They are talking about, he's talking about people he communicates with, this is not talking just with talking about simple Israelites. These are people he needs to continually meet with because he's a king and a high priest. He's a judge. He needs to meet with these people continuously and they smile and they make, they, they have the look, uh, appearance as if it's, a, a they're good, but they spread, uh, evil, uh, things they spread and they, devise this in their mind. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have pur purpose to make my steps stumble. The world is not able to make our steps stumble, but these people amongst us can. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. I said to the Lord, You are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further his wicked scheme, lest they be exalted. As for the head of those who surround me, let the evil of their lips cover them. As for the head of those who surround me, who surround me, let the evil of their lips cover them. Let the burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not a slander be established on the earth. Let evil hunt the violent men to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will re 
will maintain the causes of the afflicted and justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, the upright shall dwell in your presence. Psalm 141-13. And so praise where a person has not covered himself into Christ so that he can receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of his life so that he can make himself uh, the object that these reproaches fall upon. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we speak uh, this fitting form of praise, then we become then the object of these reproaches. And this means then that our prayers will be a fitting form of praise that comes from our heart in the atmosphere of brotherly love, passing passing us from from eternal death to eternal life. Eighth, praise to God coming from a righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love is called to show that our heart is established and he will and we will not be afraid until we see our desire upon our enemies the reason why our heart will be established is we will not be afraid we will look at our enemies with the eyes of god by faith moses when he became of age refused to be called the sons of pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews 11:24 24-27 Why do we become confident? Because we look at not what is visible, but what is invisible, because the promise that we have concealed into our heart it is not yet seen, it is not visible, but is real. And it gives us the ability to suffer with the nation of God rather than to uh, enjoy the pleasures of those who have filled churches but are wicked. And so our heart being established in God, we need to be uh, grown into full measure of growth in Christ, which will allow us not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and making the decision to rather suffer the afflictions of the nation and reproaches of Christ consider them greater than all of the Egyptian wealth and so these reproaches need to be uh, we need to receive them as wealth and this is not upon everyone the disciples rejoiced when they were punished for the name of the Lord they accused them, they they beat them, and they let them go, and they told them not to talk about it, and they came out rejoiced, rejoicing that they were able to suffer for the name of, uh, for the sake of his name. But another immediately runs to court and says, well, they offended me. Instead of going to their pastor, they immediately go to court. This means that this person doesn't understand that the reproach of Christ, for for the, for the truth, of course, we're talking about, And so, for our heart to be established in God and upon His Word so that we not be afraid when we look upon our enemies, this governing sin that's within our body, it is necessary for us to be grown into full measure of growth in Christ so that we can be called 
no longer be called son or daughter of Pharaoh, and we need to make the, re the decision to rather suffer the afflictions with the nation than uh, experience the passing pleasures and live within the passing pleasures and enjoying the wealth of Egypt. The reason why we need to identify the essence of a fitting form of praise, our righteousness or the righteousness of our heart is that we will be again confident and trust in the Lord. The wicked co covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The wicked is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of men's hands will be rendered to him. Proverbs 12, 12 through 14. Looking at this place of scripture, the, our confidence and our trust upon God will reveal itself in the fruit of our mouth that comes from God when we confess the faith of our heart proclaiming the not existent in our body as existent when our heart is established in God we are able to without fear look upon our enemies with the eyes of God and this will mean that the praise that we bring to God is fitting which then is evidence of the fact that we are demonstrating in our faith the power of brotherly love that passes us from death to life ninth praise to God coming from our righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love will make itself known when we, like our Lord, will disperse ourselves abroad and will give and will give to the poor, which will be our righteousness, which endures forever. Because of this, our horn will then be exalted with honor. Horn is one of the names of God that in Hebrew means the collaboration of a person with the might of God called to clothe us into the glory of God and give us the promises of the mountains of God, which make us a leading light then for the world and healing rays for those who revere before the name of God. Therefore, the phrase, his horn will be exalted with honor, is that we will clothe ourselves into the righteousness of Christ, which will make us fruitful and fresh so that we can proclaim that the Lord is our stronghold and that there's no unrighteousness in Him. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All who work, all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. My eyes also uh, has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall st still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Psalm 92, 9 through 15. And so being planted in the house of the Lord is a category of the students of the Lord who have a poverty of spirit that hunger and thirst for the truth as the food and drink of a person that is planted in the house of the Lord is the truth of the word. Therefore, to disperse yourself and give to the poor is to invest yourself for in the poor in the spirit. And this is the work of righteousness, which abides forever and then exalts our horn. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all then he lifted up his hands toward his disciples and said blessed are the poor in spirit for yours is the kingdom of god luke 6 19 through 20 what poor was he talking about those whom he sent he calls himself poor as well that is dependent on the word that comes out of the mouth of god 
if we disperse ourselves to our neighbor that have po- poverty in spirit, then our praise is then a fitting form of praise before God, which is evidence that we are demonstrating in our faith the power of brotherly love, which passes us from eternal death to eternal life. Tenth, the praise uh, we bring to God coming from a righteous heart. This is the concluding uh, fitting form of praise that we have in this place of the uh, psalm we've been reading, coming from a righteous heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love will have such an effect on the wicked that they will see it and be grieved. They will gnash their teeth and melt away, and the desire of the wicked shall perish. And so that our praise can impact the wicked like this, it is necessary that our praise be a result of our exit from the Egypt of our soul and carefully observing all of the commandments of the Lord, which will then provide God the ability to fulfill his role, to bless us so that the wicked and those who surround us, the enemies, will be afraid of us. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, that is, when you pass over the Jordan, you will enter into my promises. The promised land is the uh, bond of all of God's promises once you pass over and you shall come it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your baskets and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when you come in and blessed shall you when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all the which, in all to which your, set, your hand is set. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as you have sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Deuteronomy 28, 1-10 If we left the Egypt of our soul by dying in the death of our Lord Jesus for our nation, the house of our Father, and for the corrupt desires of our soul, that our praise will be accepted by God as a praise that is fitting, which will be evidence that we are demonstrating the power of brotherly love in our faith, passing us from death to life. Amen. Let us bend our knees and our heads and pray. And we will thank God for the word that is called to heal us, to protect us, to deliver us from sin. We wait for you here at the altar and all those who desire to repent or to receive renewance of life, we wait for you here.
I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that the Lord is on your side he's not upset at you although you're upset at, you may be upset at him he's not against you although it may seem like he is he continues to be your God your Heavenly Father he is on your side he has done everything to keep you from this true evil age to heal you from uh, wounds of the heart and to deliver you from these hell pains close your eyes this is your secret room lift your hands to God a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt that you have forgiven those who have offended you and you have asked forgiveness if you've offended anyone pray together with me Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you I open up my heart so that you can see what sin has done with my heart with my body and with my soul I hate sin I hate personal passions and destructive desires and I am in those chains I ask you may these chains be broken and these shackles forgive me wash me cleanse me of my sins I love your word I love your holiness I love your truth may it rejoice within me I want to be a servant of your righteousness and I give myself as a servant of righteousness and right now before heaven and hell I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words I am washed I am cleansed I am healed I am restored I am justified and I am saved your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ may the Lord bless you may he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace may thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you but they won't touch you may upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills may this be upon you and upon your children and the nation shall say Amen Blessed is God our Father, who is vigilant over His Word in the temple of our body. All of those who have confessed their sins have rejected them. They need to confidently know whether they feel this or not, that God is faithful to His words. He has forgiven your sins and has blotted them out. And now you need to bear fruit of this repentance to him that doesn't mean that you immediately repent and just go back to what you're doing that means uh, step upon the neck of the sin and you can do this and you will do this because you have that power that is within his word that you have put into your heart and so let us now proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory 
with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.